Okay, Alpha fans, welcome to tonight's uh, exciting episode of the Alpha's Next Podcast. Uh, it's another uh, day in the green. Um, two things happened today. All the, all the indexes went up. Dow Jones went up almost two points. S&P went up over a point. And the NASDAQ went up over a point. And the Russell 2000 went up by two points. And we also uh, declared it, or somebody, the authority on recessions declared that we are now officially in a recession. So why is this? Uh, why is this recession like no other in that the market is rallying uh, over and over and over? Well, that's a good question. And there are various theories about it. One is, of course, don't fight the Fed. Fed has saved a lot of companies like Boeing uh, by guaranteeing bonds to get them through the night. Um, Hertz went up today. Ford went up like 50% from its level of five. I don't know if that was in one day, but a lot of these companies that uh, were down, now people are uh, basically booking on a recovery or an opening up of the economy that will lead to a full recovery from the virus. And obviously they're discounting these protests, as the market always tends to do. Uh, the protest seems to have, quiet down, have quieted down, judging by the fact that we don't see at least as much looting and violence. Uh, we see more, the protests are continuing. And then you've got... Uh, in Minneapolis, the defunding of the police force. And as I think the market absorbed that, first of all, it didn't make any impact whatsoever. Uh, secondly, you know, what does that really mean? So uh, that hasn't tipped the market over at all. Uh, I, I noticed today a lot, of, a lot of the market is centered in New York, obviously, and the reopening of the city seemed to be the real cause of all the uh, all the ebullience or ebullience uh, all the joy and animal spirits being motivated so uh, there's peak to trough plays out there, I watched Carter Worth today and he was showing these charts and it's kind of like a San Francisco Bay Bridge a suspension bridge type of a chart you know, things were running up and the virus hit and you go down to the tranche, the, the bottom, and then people start taking advantage of that, see it as a blood-in-the-streets buying opportunity, which it turns out it was. And then the chart gets back up to that second uh, peak of the, of the suspension bridge, and that's when people may want to start selling because they're back to even to where they were before the... Uh, so there's a lot of sellers waiting... For that, so they can get out without taking a loss. So there's a lot of if you look at charts of any stock, almost because everything got sold off because everything's in the ETFs. Uh, you can almost see that they're all many of them at least are going on that same trajectory. And if like Boeing, for example, uh, Carter was talking about the levels. So you you've got a two thirty level now. And the uh, where all the the 
sellers are waiting are it's in the 270 range so you know if you're a options trader what you could do is sell the 230 220 put spread out you know whenever you think the right time is and then sell also the 270 280 call spread so it's unlikely the stock's going to drop back to 230 at this point not impossible but unlikely and uh, it's also fairly likely that it's not going to make it to, to 280, certainly. Uh, but maybe it stalls out at 270. So you could even sell those 230s at a longer, uh, further out expiration. Because that, that way you'll get more money from them. And you could sell the 270, 280 shorter term. Like you might want to go out to July or August and the, and the put spread. And, and sell the 270, 280 calls, you know, every every week or every, you know, whenever you want to until it looks like it's running up to that and then stop. So uh, so that's an idea. Uh, there were some bullish folks out there today. Paul Hickey from Bespoke was a bull. Um, I also uh, watched Mad Money and uh, Kramer was talking about... Uh, this legendary uh, chartist who uh, predicts that you could go up by another 50 to 100 percent after the uh, after several employment reports come in positive however those are in normal recessions this is not a normal recession but the point was that you know if you think people are crazy for being long which i kind of do um there is precedent that may be driving that and who knows one thing I came across today, uh, fractional trading. Like, there's certain stocks that are really expensive, like Berkshire Hathaway A shares. You can't afford to buy one. I mean, the shares are like $3,000. Well, maybe you can, but uh, most people are looking for stocks that are like 50 bucks a share so they can buy a 100 lot, uh, which is the easiest thing to trade. But if you want to buy a very expensive stock, you can go through a SoFi or Schwab and... And and SoFi, you can invest a dollar in a share. You know, in Schwab, it's a five dollar minimum. But you know, if you want to spend a hundred bucks a share, you could literally just spend a hundred bucks, and you get a piece of Berkshire or you know any other of these hot expensive stocks. So now you can't trade options against those, but uh, you know, is what it is. Now another concept that. Uh, comes into play here is this ESG, which ESG stands for Environmental, uh, Social, Justice, and Governance Stocks. So that's become a trend even before all the uh, George Floyd controversy, uh, and it'll probably be even more so. So stocks that are designated as environmentally social justice and governance oriented in the right direction stock in other words basically politically correct woke, woke stocks uh, may come into fashion more and more and uh, we're actually noodling around in ventures next with a startup that would help score that based on uh, it's very difficult to figure out evidently who in senior management and particularly at the rank and file employee uh, is what race so uh, we're actually looking at the idea of finding somebody to uh, help us put together a company that would uh, 
you know, provide some data on that. So if anybody's interested in that, let me know. Uh, let's see what else. One thing that occurred to me today is that all this COVID-19 uh, hygiene, if you will, the sheltering in place and the social distancing and the masks have certainly offset uh, some of the flu deaths that we normally would have. In fact, I heard today from an unnamed source that the total U.S. death rate, if you compare year-to-date versus prior, is actually down to, by 20,000. So, you know, what could that mean? It could mean that there weren't as many regular flu deaths because of the COVID uh, precautions. And since you get anywhere between twelve and 50,000 deaths every year from uh, regular flu, you know, we could end up, if we miss two bad flu seasons, you would actually kind of cancel out the excess deaths from COVID-19 by, by offsetting a couple of years of normal flu if people keep up those sorts of hygienic practices over time. Um, now, one other thing here. I still think you ought to buy some puts. And, you know, the strike price has changed. But uh, I still think that this rally is overblown. And if the higher it gets, the more I'm going to think that, honestly. Um, because some people are living from, you know, people used to live from paycheck to paycheck. Now they're living from no paycheck to no paycheck. Unless they've been able to get an employment or they've been able to get this PPP, which is not that easy. Uh, you know, what are these people going to do? They're not going to buy stuff. They're not going to pay the rent. And even when the economy, quote, comes back, it's a 90% economy, I think, at best, which should leave unemployment at a lot higher rate than it was before the shutdowns. You know, if it stays at 10%, you know, how many people are getting enough uh, unemployment from the government to survive that? I don't know. So uh, we'll see what happens, but I think you got to keep that in mind. The no paycheck to no paycheck. Uh, let's see, what else do we have today? Oh, Sorrento. Um, much to my chagrin, because, you know, Kramer originally threw cold water on Sorrento, uh, which was the one I had a, uh, you know, I had to curb my enthusiasm on. Uh, this is a company that purports to have antibodies that will defeat the coronavirus. And so today I'm watching CNBC like I always do, so you don't have to. And uh, lo and behold, they're having Sorrento on. And I'm like, uh-oh, because after we went long at 8 and the stock sunk like a stone to 4, we ended up selling some calls at $5.50, which means that we gave up our upside. And I'm thinking, oh, my God, this guy's going to come on. Uh, this guy's going to come on mad money and wow stocks are going to go through the roof well it's interesting because Kramer usually doesn't have people on who he doesn't like but I definitely got the sense that he was lukewarm on this guy and I, I listened to him and I think anybody who knows anything about biotech and I, I include myself in that with an emphasis on anything you know I'm no expert but uh, he just did not 
talk as if he had command of the subject, and he did not answer Kramer's questions very well. So Kramer at the end just said, you know, well, thanks, we wish you luck, and at least you got a lot of shots on goal. And that was a real lukewarm. Those of you who have ever watched Kramer know that he's a man of great enthusiasms, but he's usually polite to people when they actually come on the show. He'll rip them when they're not in front of them, but he's usually pretty polite with guests. So, uh, I mean, he's not like a Scott Wapner, the judge, who I'm watching right now. Wapner likes to interrogate people and rip them. So uh, I, I wish Wapner would interview him. And, and my other uh, go-to interview in the biotech right now is, uh, I think her name is Meg Tilly. Uh, she's the CNBC biotech reporter. And if she interviews people, they're usually credible. Well, she still hasn't had this guy on. So, so I think you're still uh, wise to avoid Sorrento. I mean, if I didn't have any position on it at all, I wouldn't take one, you know, because you never know what's going to happen. But uh, I do not see this as the next Moderna. Moderna is pushing 60 again, by the way. Uh, so, you know, it's it, it got some good news last week. Another one we've mentioned on the podcast uh, is GILD, which is Gilead, and uh, that got an offer supposedly from AstraZeneca, AZ, but uh, stock, as far as I could tell today, did not pop. So that that didn't move it. So anyway, that's probably enough for today. Um, one thing I wanted to mention is that we are in the process of uh, getting this uh, Alpha Next or Venture Next uh, Alpha Bio Fund together. And uh, one of the things we're doing, which I just wanted to make explicit, is we're not just picking names out of, out of a hat. What we're doing is putting together an algorithm to select uh, and rebalance between uh, the various stocks. Uh, we're going to use the XBI, which is a biotech index fund, or ETF rather, um, as, our, as our main infrastructure, our anchor as it were. But then in terms of individual stocks, we're going to have an algorithm that factors in a lot of things, uh, including uh, phase one, phase two studies, uh, and probabilities of approval at phase three. So uh, we've got some resources there that uh, we are hopefully going to enlist to do the data science behind this and the uh, analysis of the research. So... Uh, there's definitely a method to our, uh, I don't want to say madness, but there's a method to our alpha. And uh, these are alphabets. And we want to make sure that we have the best handicapping. So uh, putting that team together, putting together the paperwork, we've already got our first investor commitment. And uh, if anybody else wants to join in that, uh you know, if you're souring on uh, real property as an investment, which I have, um, the virtual uh, bits and bytes types of investments are definitely 
immune from any sorts of uh, visible threat. So that's where I'm interested in being now. And if you want to join me and kind of diversify away from whatever it is that you're making money uh, with now, whether that be your career or whether that be real estate investments, this is a very good way to do it with, let's say, 1% of your investable uh, portfolio. And hopefully you hit it big with us on, on some biotech that gets bought and uh, or comes up with the cure for uh, the coronavirus. So uh, give me a call if you're interested in exploring.